Talk, sports, and the hits of the 60s, 70s, and 80s. Kane 107.5. Good morning and welcome to Bayou Sports here on a big Monday, October the 30th. Uh, with that, a uh, lot going on. Both the Saints break it out uh, on the road up in Indianapolis against the Colts. Meanwhile, um, other uh, there's some other surprising scores in the NFL yesterday, but uh, elsewhere... Of course, uh, a big high school weekend of sports uh, with that. Also, the Pelicans, believe it or not, a 2-0 take on the Warriors tonight over in the Smoothie King. Elsewhere, we'll have Coach uh, Ryan Antoine on uh, around 7.30, 7.35, talking about the Westgate Tigers, probably playing the preeminent uh, high school football team in the state of Louisiana, St. Thomas Moore, the game last uh, Friday night. Elsewhere, Catholic High in a big uh, game uh, over in Lorville taking on the Tigers. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about that. Elsewhere, uh, some other high school scores. Then about 845, we'll have Bob Rose on to give us his thoughts on the Saints' big win over the Colts. Uh, elsewhere, too, um, we'll talk about a little bit about the World Series, Game 3 tonight. Uh, it's tied up at one apiece. They head to Phoenix uh, as uh, Texas and Arizona are tied at one game apiece, as I mentioned, first pitch tonight around 7.03, and they got a NFL Monday Night Football on tonight, too. So, And we'll talk, if we have time, a little bit about uh, Coach uh, Hutz, but former UL coach, uh, kind of in a little hot water. We mentioned a little bit Friday. And as always, today in sports history. In the meantime, uh, Saints win a big game yesterday. Of course, like I said, we'll have Bob Rose on around uh, a quarter to eight to talk about his thoughts on that, uh, SI uh, Saints insider. Uh, with that, of course, the Saints um, uh, jump out to a 21-20 to 20 halftime lead, add on 17 points in the second half to win 38-27, and uh, probably play their best offensive game of the year. First time I think they break uh, 20 points in a game. And it looked like they were going to need it, too, because the defense looked real soft at first. Yeah, they did. And, uh, boy, I really felt that the Colts were going to run up and down the field on the Saints when uh, they uh, quickly uh, – uh, bounced on Jonathan Taylor along with uh, Moss. Uh, we're making it look easy uh, in that first drive. So big gobs of yardage on running, uh, inside running too uh, in the meantime. But uh, as we mentioned, uh, we'll have um, we'll have Bob Rose on around uh, 7.45 to give us his input on that. Of course, other games around the league. Uh, Buffalo, of course, uh, that game was played last Thursday night, 24-18. to 18. Uh, Dallas all over the Rams out uh, in uh, Jerry's world, 43-20. to 20, I think uh, Dak Prescott threw four touchdown passes in that game, and uh, the Cowboys just rode horse, uh, pardon the pun, but uh, over the Rams. Meanwhile, Green Bay suffers a loss up in Minnesota, or I should say in Green Bay. Minnesota takes down the Packers 24-10. to 10. Perrick victory, though, for the Vikings. Uh, lost Kirk Cousins. Yes, yes, and uh, isn't he uh, uh, designated maybe a free agent after the year? Yeah, he is, and you know, there's been a lot of talk. There had been a lot of talk about trading him uh, before the deadline, but I don't think that's going to happen now. No, it doesn't look like it. Uh, of course, the Vikings uh, getting back on the winning track uh, with that. Also uh, helping us out yesterday as uh, Tennessee downs Atlanta 28-23 to in Nashville as uh, Derek uh, – Henry has a pretty good day, and uh, they what I want to say uh, rookie quarterback. That's right. That's right. Will Levis comes off the bench 
uh, to go 19 out of 29 for 238 yards and four touchdowns as the Titans down the Falcons. Uh, and I want to say they pulled uh, – um, uh, the uh, I can't think of the quarterback's name. Uh, played at Cincinnati for uh, the Falcons. They pulled him yesterday yes, in the they game. Did. Yeah, in, in that game, Taylor Henneke uh, comes in, goes twelve for twenty-one for one hundred and seventy-five yards. Uh, I do believe that uh, uh, Ritter. I want to say he turned the ball over two or three times in the game yesterday with fumbles. And uh, the reason he being pulled, uh, of course, said number one draft choice Robinson. Uh, 11 carries, 62 yards, and a score in that game. But uh, Tennessee had a 14-3 halftime lead and then pull away uh, a little bit, scoring in each quarter, uh, seven points for a 28-23 win. Atlanta makes a big, furious comeback, uh, scoring 14 points in the fourth quarter, but uh, to no avail as the Titans hang on to win that ball game. So uh, elsewhere, uh, Miami just keeps throwing touchdown passes as uh, they down uh, New England 31-17. to uh, In that course, Coach uh, Belichick won his 300th game last weekend, but uh, to no avail this weekend. Over uh, in the Big Apple in New York City, the Jets and the Giants go at it, and uh, the Jets dump on top early, 7-3 uh, to three at halftime. Uh, Giants come back to go up 10-7. to seven. Uh, They kick a field goal, the Jets do in the fourth quarter. Then add a f- field goal in overtime to beat the, the Giants 13-10. to 10. Zach Wilson, 17 out of 36, 240 yards and a score. Tyrod Taylor, 4 out of 7. Uh, and I want to say that was uh, maybe the backup quarterback getting in the game for the Giants. Yeah, yeah. Uh, in that game, as uh, I want to say, was it Jones at Whitney? Daniel down? Jones, yeah. Yeah, in that game. So uh, with that. Uh, My, minus nine yards throwing the ball. The minus. New York Giants. Minus nine. <laughs> I'm looking at just like the team stats now. Uh, minus nine yards, you're correct. It uh, was, uh, you know, I watched a good part of the game. Buddy's a, a Jet fan. I had it on alongside the Saints game, and uh, they. Uh, had terrible weather conditions. It was raining throughout the game, and I think that led to that uh, low score. Anyway, uh, they sacked the Giants quarterback four times yesterday for only 16 yards. Where were they threatening him not to throw? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it looked like. Of course, the Giants had the ball for 38 minutes in that game, and Barkley had a big day running the football. Uh, Barkley, I want to say, had uh, – Somewhere in the vicinity of uh, 160 yards, I think, on the day running the football uh, with that for the for the Giants. Yeah, he uh, 128. He was 36, 36 carries for 128 yards, 3.6 yards a carry, and he caught uh, he was uh, caught three passes for zero yards, mm-hmm. uh, if that makes sense. And his longest reception was for one yard. <laughs> so they must have been throwing the ball yeah. uh, behind the line of scrimmage or right at the uh, just uh, safety throws. But in the meantime, the Jet fans are proud. They uh, finally beat the, the Giants. So uh, speaking of beating uh, somebody, Jacksonville, um, they're starting to win. They keep an eye on uh, the Jaguars. They down Pittsburgh in Pittsburgh 20-10 to 10 as uh, Jacksonville uh, – Jumps out early on him, 9-3 to three in a ball game up there. And then uh, Pickett, go, I believe, got hurt. Yeah, I believe you're right, too. Trubisky comes into the game. He goes 15 out of 27 for 138 yards and a score. As uh, Trevor Lawrence, 24 out of 32, 292 yards and a score. 
And uh, Travis Achan, the Jennings product, uh, played at Jennings High School, goes 24 attempts of 79 yards. No score, though. But uh, in the meantime, uh, the Jacksonville, I think they've won three or four in a row now uh, as they move on. Meanwhile, uh, up in uh, Washington, in the capital, nation's capital, the Eagles had to fight back. They were down early to the Redskins, and they come back uh, to score 21 fourth-quarter points to beat the Commanders by the score of 38-31. to Jalen Hurts, a pretty good day, 29 out of 38 for 319 yards and four scores. Sam Howell, meanwhile, for the Commanders, 39 out of 52 for 397 yards and four scores, but it's not enough as the Eagles outscore them in the fourth period, 21 to 14, going to win 38 to 31. Commanders kicker uh, hit a 61-yard field goal wow. in that loss. But. Yeah, it wasn't enough though uh, as uh, the Commanders go down. Meanwhile, Carolina. They get their first win yesterday as they so down. Somebody had to win that game. That's right. That's right. Uh, uh, Houston was leading at halftime, uh, scoring outscoring uh, the Panthers seven to six in the second period. Each team uh, gets uh, six points on the board in the third quarter, but Carolina kicks, I believe, a game-winning field goal as time expired to win that game, uh, fifteen to thirteen. As uh, C.J. Stroud goes sixteen out of twenty-four for one hundred and forty yards, Bryce Young. Uh, the former Heisman winner in uh, his first win as a professional, 22 out of 31 for 235 yards and a score. And uh, Pinero's 23-yard field goal as time expires helps Bryce Young and the Panthers get their first win of the year, and it's over the Texans by a score of 15 to 13. Elsewhere uh, around the league, Cleveland, uh, they were uh, fighting and uh, had a lead on uh, – uh, uh, Seattle at one time, but Seattle comes back to score a late touchdown uh, to beat uh, Cleveland 24-20 to as uh, uh, Geno Smith, 23 out of 37, 254 yards and two TDs. And, man, how long did he ride the bench for teams? And in the last two years, he's uh, making up for it. Elsewhere, the big shocker out in Denver, Sean Payton's uh, uh, Broncos knock off the Kansas City Chiefs 24-9 to as uh, Patrick Mahomes goes 24 out of 38 for 241 yards. Russell Wilson, 12 out of 19, 114 yards, three touchdown passes, though. And uh, Javante Williams for the uh, Broncos, 27 attempts. It goes 85 yards. Uh, Judy, Jerry Judy, the former Alabama product, two receptions for 50 yards and a touchdown. He goes six receptions for 58 yards, but it's not enough. As Denver scores 10 points in the fourth period to go on to beat the Chiefs, 24-9. to nine. Who would have thunk it, Jeff? And after uh, the game concluded, uh, the PA uh, played Taylor Swift's Shake It Off. <laughs> and the, the only song that I actually know to be Taylor Swift, uh, that's yeah. the only Taylor Swift song I know. But uh, she was not there, uh, and just shake it off, guys. Yeah, just amazing, huh? Anyway, uh, Sean Payton gets his first win with the Broncos. Oh, I should say no, his no. Uh, first win over Kansas City. Yes. What was it, eight years? Something like that. So, you know, they, they finally beat the uh, Chiefs. Denver does, and uh, uh, of course, Sean Payton and the uh, Broncos with a big win. Elsewhere in the late game, uh, Baltimore hangs on to beat Arizona. Arizona makes a little comeback at them. Uh, with that, Baltimore jumped out to a pretty big lead. Yes, there she is. 
Anyway, uh, elsewhere, Cincinnati, boy, San Francisco three weeks ago looked dominant, and they looked uh, just uh, like they weren't going to lose ever again. But in the meantime, uh, the young quarterback, Brock Purdy, throws, I believe, three picks yesterday and uh, with that in that game. And uh, as uh, San Francisco uh, goes down, uh, two picks Purdy threw. Excuse me. I think they were both in late in the game. He's 22 out of 31, 365 yards and a touchdown. But uh, McCaffrey, 12 carries, 54 yards uh, uh, and a score. And I think he set an, in, uh, an NFL record, too, by scoring in his 17th consecutive game, mm. whether on a run or a pass reception, tying Lenny Moore, uh, who played with the old Baltimore coach back in the late 50s and early 60s with Johnny U. You know, they had two records for many years with Lenny Moore with 17 consecutive uh, games. He scored a touchdown, and Johnny Unitas held the record for most uh, touchdown consecutive touchdown passes in a game or two. Drew Brees broke it uh, uh, a few years back uh, with that. But uh, in the meantime, uh, San Francisco goes down to the Bengals, uh, 31-17, and uh, the Bengals, I think now we've won three in a row. And Joe Burrow goes 28 out of 32 for 283 yards and three scores. And at one time, I think it completed 17 passes in a row in that game uh, against uh, the 49ers, who who defensively uh, uh, struggled some yesterday as Burrow picked them apart. And then in a late game uh, uh, last night, uh, the we, we Chargers. We don't have to talk about it. Yeah, the Chargers down the Bears, 30-13 uh, to 13 in the meantime. So uh, they, they never got going at all it was uh, brutal brutal yeah, yeah with that so uh anyway uh tonight uh, on the tube uh, the world series game three cranks it up as they head to phoenix uh to play game three uh texas and arizona are tied up at one apiece uh uh, Matt Scherzer is going to throw tonight for Texas at 13 and 6. Meanwhile, he'll play pitch against Fod. I think that's how you pronounce that. He's 3 and 9. Uh, the betting line is even tonight. The over and under is nine runs with this game tonight. So uh, we'll see as the teams, uh, of course, Texas won the first game Friday night by the score of 6 to 5. And, yeah, I, and I dramatic got, too. Yeah, I got in front of a TV uh, just in time uh, to see Corey Seager tie it up with the two-run homer. Was that in the eighth or ninth? And then bottom of the, I think at the bottom of the ninth, they yeah. tied it up, and then they go on to uh, win it as Garcia pokes one again. Boy, is he having a phenomenal playoff series uh, with uh, the Texas Rangers as he's just knocking balls out the park and driving in runs. Uh, uh, we'll see what happens tonight, though, over in Phoenix. Of course, the weather should be 72 degrees as they close the roof uh, in Arizona. Tom, Tommy Pham, uh, on the brink of history Saturday night, I wasn't aware of this until I saw a story he this morning. He was 4 for 4. He was 4 he? for 4. Could have gone 5 for 5. Nobody has ever done that in a World really? Series game, apparently. But he opted to uh, share the joy and give uh, Jace Peterson an opportunity to pinch hit in that 9 to 1 lead. Uh, commenting on it, he said, I asked uh, Diamondbacks manager Tori Lavula, can Jace hit for me? I wanted my dog to get his first World Series at bat. So pretty uh, uh, decent gesture there by Tommy Pham. And, you know, I want to tell you, there have been five hits 
in a World Series game, and it was done by Paul Molitor against the Cardinals in 1982. But he was 5 for 6 in there that game. Going. As the Brewers in game one of the 82 World Series beat the Cardinals 10 nothing in that game. And Robin Yount got four hits in that game and got another four hits in another game uh, later on during that series that went seven games. Anyway, meanwhile, uh, with the World Series uh, tonight, we'll see what uh, was in store uh, for that as uh, Chase Field. Uh, it's going to be on Fox tonight if you want to watch it. So uh should be interesting. Of course, uh, will the World Series take a backseat to uh, tonight's NFL game? I'm not so I sure. I hope not. Yeah. Just, the, it, you know, it's just a random NFL game that if it was on on Sunday afternoon, you probably wouldn't have paid attention to it. Uh, I hope people are watching the World Series. Well, in the meanwhile, Las Vegas, it could be at Detroit. Las Vegas, 3-4 and four in the year. Detroit, 5-2. and two. Detroit, 7.5-point pick in that game. Uh, touchdown pick over in the it's 46 and a half of that game tonight course uh it'll be on a uh, kickoff at approximately 715 on abc so uh of course you can always is it the manning boys on tonight on espn too i'm not sure don't know anyway in that elsewhere around the league uh nba actually know the nba's uh into action they opened uh last week uh the pelicans at two and oh of course they uh beat the knicks uh, Saturday night, 96-87. Uh, they take on the Warriors tonight over the Smoothie King. They're, the Pelicans are a four-point pick as uh, Seth Curry and them come to town and Clay Thompson to take on uh, the Pelicans. Uh, don't know what kind of uh, crowd they'll have tonight with Monday Night Football, World Series action, but uh, in the meantime. I'll tell you what, the way uh, they're playing, and one headline that stood out to me, Zion Williamson's fascinating shot chart from the Pelicans' first two games of the season. Sight to behold, uh, apparently he hasn't just been a big man underneath. He has uh, done the job uh, across the court. Uh, so, folks, pretty excited. And, again, we'll just pray that he stays healthy. Yeah, he and I think Ingram have only played like 18 to 20 games together in the three years, four years they've been on the roster. So, uh We'll see uh, what uh, can behold here as Williamson's starting off pretty quick. He's had a couple uh, immeasurable slam dunks and feeds and all, so uh, playing a little defense as uh, we'll see how uh, that's going to take place. Meanwhile, uh, quickly before we take our next break, uh, we've got a few minutes before we have Coach Ryan Antoine to speak about his Westgate Tigers uh, college football over the weekend. Uh, some interesting games uh, with that. Of course, the LSU Tigers were off uh, local colleges around the state. Of course, uh, UL, the Cajuns, uh, travel down to Mobile and pound uh, a pretty decent South Alabama yeah. team. They were picked to win the uh, uh, conference this year as the Cajuns uh, hammer them, get out to an early lead, and uh, just maintain it as they down South Alabama in uh, – Immobile uh, with that by a score of 33-20. to 20. And as I mentioned, the Cajuns uh, jump out to a 17 nothing halftime lead as they put up 17 points in the second quarter. Outscore uh, the Jaguars 16-14 to 14 in the uh, third quarter and heading to the fourth quarter with a, a surmountable lead of 33-14. Uh, to uh, 14. And they go on to beat uh, uh, South Alabama 33-20. Uh, to 20. Zeon Chris, the... Uh, uh, I guess he's a sophomore. He went 13 out of 17 for 145 yards and a couple scores. Uh, Jacob uh, Cabote, uh 23 carries for 119 yards as a Cajuns. Uh, and Peter LeBlanc, two receptions for 37 yards. Our own New Iberia 
young man, Peter LeBlanc, as uh, that was on ESPN uh, uh, Plus, but uh, I was able to watch it. And uh, South Alabama went to that game as a 12-and-a-half point pick, and the Cajuns knock them off. Uh, congratulations to Coach Mike Decimo as uh, he wins a, a big game uh, as the Cajuns trying to stay in that uh, conference uh, uh, race. Uh, meanwhile, uh, Tulane journeys to Rice, and as I always say, Rice always uh, – Tulane could be 10-0 and 0 and Rice will fight them. Of course, a decent Rice team, their quarterback, uh, by the way, was uh, the player of the year coming out of high school, went to Southern Cal, then decided he couldn't uh, – didn't want to play there. Then he moved on to Georgia, played a year at Georgia, then moved on to West Virginia, then now this year back at Rice. So he's – he this is his sixth year playing collegiate football ball and his fourth collegiate team and uh, he ends up uh, not having a great day but he threw for uh, 18 out of 29 for 189 yards and a couple scores as Rice scored uh, 14 uh, two touchdowns uh, and 14 in the third quarter to get back in the game two lane holes on uh, to beat them 30 to 28 Michael Pratt 22 out of 30, 263 yards and two scores. Uh, Mekhi Hughes, uh, a freshman running back, redshirt freshman for Tulane, gets his fourth straight 100-yard game. He goes 23 carries for 153 yards in that regard. But Tulane, a 10-point pick going into that game, ended up winning it by two, 30 to 28. Of course, as I mentioned, uh, the LSU Tigers were off uh, this um, uh, weekend. Of course, the big game. This coming uh, Saturday night uh, at uh, Tuscaloosa, uh, and we'll see what the Tigers can do. Uh, they go into the game against Alabama, uh, I want to say a uh, six-point dog uh, in that game uh, against Alabama. It'll be at 730. It'll be a CBS game at, uh, I believe, 730 or 630. Uh, I think that game's at uh, 645. That's right. We said about the odd time for the kickoff with that. Alabama, it's down to three and a half. Started off at, at, I want to say, four maybe. I said six, but four. And uh, it's now down to three and a half as of this last night uh, with that. So the Tigers uh, with a big game against the uh, Crimson Tide. LSU comes in six and two. Alabama seven and one. Playing a little bit better is Alabama. But LSU uh, at 47.4 points per game is first in the country now. Uh, the number one scoring collegiate team in the country, Alabama, is 51st. They average right close to 31 a game. LSU is also first in total offense at 553 yards a game. They're third in passing yards at 340 a game. They're fourth in rushing yards at 213 a game. So uh, we'll see uh, how they'll fare against that. Of course, Alabama, 16th in the country, giving up points at 16.5 a game. They're also 17th against total yards at 306. Uh, uh, they're also uh, 29th, giving up uh, not quite 200 yards a game passing, and they're 22nd, giving up 109 rushing. So offense versus defense, we'll see how that's going to come through at 645 this coming uh, Saturday night on CBS. So with that, anyway, time to take a break here on Kane Radio and bring on uh, Coach Ryan Antoine. Hopefully he'll be available. Uh, You're listening to Bayou Sports here on Kane Radio. 
FM 107.5 and AM 1240. We'll be right back with Coach Antoine. Right after Is it this. time for a new roof or to repair the old one? Hi, this is Jake Blanchard with L.A. Classic Roofing. We're a third-generation roofing contractor that has been in the business for over 70 years. As a locally owned and operated company, we're also licensed and insured for your peace of mind. We offer free estimates and a $100 referral fee for full roof replacement. Check us out on Facebook at L.A. Classic Roofing. And the number to call is 465-3888. L.A. Classic Roofing, professional roofing solutions since the 1950s. Athletic Field provides challenges that test their competitor. It is in that challenge that you realize you can accomplish things you have never thought you could accomplish. I am Jacob Lander, and I'm running for state representative in District 49. I've created hundreds of jobs good-paying jobs that families can build prosperous lives based on those jobs. This is my challenge, and I need your help. Your vote and your support will ignite a bright new future for all of us. Paid for by the Jacob Landry for Louisiana campaign. Nowadays, none of us can be without adequate insurance coverage, but we still want to be sure we're getting the best value for the money. That's why so many people call the Schwing Insurance Agency to get a quote. The Schwing family has been handling the insurance needs of businesses and homeowners for almost 80 years. You can depend on Schwing Insurance to find the coverage you need at the best price. So before you buy a new policy or renew an existing one, call the Schwing Insurance Agency for a quote at 365-2357. Schwing Insurance, 300 East Main, across from the shadows. Wire interscholastic sports called the last classroom of the day because they teach students important life lessons like teamwork accountability and perseverance school sports are so much more than a game they're about developing the whole person that's why they're an essential part of every student's education encourage your student to participate in the last classroom of the day interscholastic sports in louisiana this message presented by the lhsaa and the louisiana high school athletic directors association now back to Bayou Sports. Phone lines are open to talk sports at 367-1240. Welcome back to Bayou Sports here on Kane Radio, FM 107.5 and AM 1240. And on the line with us is head football coach of the Westgate Tigers, Coach Ryan Antoine. Good morning, Coach, and welcome to the show. Good morning, guys. Yeah, Coach, I know arguably you probably played uh, the best high school football team in the state of Louisiana uh, Friday night. And I know things didn't go your way, but uh, – uh, Westgate on the short end of a, of a score, I believe. Uh, I have uh, what was it, uh, thirty-one to twenty-one. Could you have our listeners who weren't able to tune in uh, Saturday morning uh, to uh, know what took place during that game? Of course, you have uh, your last uh, regular season game of the year. You take on the Northside Vikings uh, in that. But uh, could you give us a little synopsis about the game uh, Friday night? Yeah. Um I don't think we started off too hot. I mean, playing the tough team, the SDM, tough opponent, uh, you know, one of the better teams in the state this year. But uh, nevertheless, uh, like I said, we kind of spotted them. They scored in the first two series on us, 14 to nothing, and then we kind of started making some stops defensively. Uh, still was kind of sputtering offensively through two interceptions in the first half. I mean, yeah, in the first half, really. Um, and it made it 21 nothing going in, excuse me, going into halftime. But we still felt like we were moving the ball well. Still felt like, you know, we did some things well and felt like we still was in striking distance. Uh, came out in the second half uh, and, and played real, real good football. Where we felt like, you know, we, we turned the corner and, and started guys started making some plays. Even got in the third quarter, got it to 21-14. Uh, and once again, still was in a you know, position we felt like, you know, to, to win the football game. Uh, and like I said, then they, they kicked, ended up kicking a field goal um, to make it 24-14. 
and then scored again late. Uh, threw, a, threw a ball and scored a touchdown, but then we came back down in like three plays and scored a touchdown to make it 31-21. But uh, like I said, Brian Leon, like I said, the guys who've been paying attention, like I said, we know we lost our quarterback in week five, uh, one of our better players. And uh, like I said, we've been kind of playing normal. Not, saying, not really musical chair, but you're trying to develop another guy right there in that spot. And Brian Leon showed a real – that's throwing a lot of flashes in that second half for us. Uh, ended up, matter of fact, for over 250 yards for us Friday night. So it's kind of opening up our passing game, which is something that we really needed because Tobias has already been playing real well for us. And uh, like I said, you know, uh, been, been our focal point, been our best player so far. Um, so now we, we start to add a, a true passing game to what we got going on. We feel like we know we got a great shot. Uh, like I said, so, you know, tough loss for us. Uh, we sit at five and four, not where we want to be. But, you know, through the things that we've been through this year, we still think we're in a good spot. Uh, man, we'll be in the playoffs. Uh, more than likely to be on the road. It's just now. It's just wanting to get hot at the right time. The guys have been watching Westgate. I've been following Westgate for a long, long time. No, you know, we do, we do a decent job once we get into the playoffs and, you know, and, and start peaking at the right time. And I think that's kind of what we started doing Friday night in that second half. Uh, you know, it started getting, start getting on the right track and guys started moving around. Guys started believing in what we were doing. So, uh, like I said, just once again, tough loss, but, you know, we're like, we got to be, we like where we are right now and, got a tough opponent in this last game of the season against Northside where we got to go over there and handle business. There you go. We talked about this Saturday morning, Bryant, uh, getting uh, the ball to a whole bunch of different uh, receivers. I think I counted seven or eight. Uh, and that's, uh, again, a positive move uh, as you work your way into the postseason, uh, seeing that offense start to gel a little bit. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's what you want to be doing. I mean, you know, a lot of teams, you know, fizzle out, you know, and, and, and like I say, the seeding stuff doesn't matter to us. That's never, that's never something we ever worried about. I've been at Westgate a while. You know, we've been the 29 seed and made it all the way to the, you know, to the semifinal game. You know, so it just, you want to be peaking at the right time. And like I said, we're starting to get guys, the guys starting to get confident. That whole, our whole receiving core is brand new kids. Uh, you know, we lost with the Dedrick Latulas, Amaja Jean, Braylon Raymond. That's all three kids that went play Division One football at wide receiver. Uh, it's hard to replace three of those guys. Uh, so all the brand new kids, Ario Fleming, Jackson Malvo, uh, Davian Jackson, uh, Gavin Abair, that's all brand new receivers that, that's playing now. So, you know, they're, and they're, we feel like they're playing well and they're starting to hit their stride and just start to get some confidence. So, we're bringing a lot back, but right now we just want to focus on what we got right now and, you know, like I said, just keep getting better. Northside, uh, an improved team, a little consistency over there. Uh, and, you know, we see that in Generat too now that they've had little consistency. Uh, they're starting to play better too, but Northside, uh, a much better team than you've seen uh, in previous years. Yeah, yeah, def- definitely, definitely a much better team. Definitely a tougher opponent. You know, Northside kind of was, you know, one of, one of the uh, bottom teams of, of our district, but uh, they're, they're starting to play, and they got some guys that can make some plays. So you definitely can't go out there and take them lightly. Uh, like they, 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 you know, they'll be in the playoffs as well. But I mean, so you know, right now, both of us are fighting for you know seeding spots, trying to see you know wh- where we at. I mean, like I said, they, they played the same tough teams that we played. I think our Scott Nine this schedule probably maybe that might be a little tougher than theirs, but you know they've seen the STMs, the you know LCAs, the tournament type type teams as well. So you know we just got to go out there, we got to go play, you know, and and get it, get ourselves where we need to keep doing. And I say just keep improving, and that's the biggest thing where we're at right now. There you go, Northside uh, on the road. Anything fans need to know about making that trip? Uh, seven o'clock game. I say that it'll be a good atmosphere, a good you know good good chance to watch some good football. You know, and like I say, and, and keep cheering these kids on. I mean, the more and more support we get, the better it is. You know, too many times, you know, we'll see people come support, you know, when, when things are going well. is when things aren't the best is when you really see who your true fans are, and that's what we try to see right now.
There you go. Care to offer a prediction on the St. Thomas More Lafayette Christian game? That's going to be uh, an entertaining game, I would imagine. Uh, a good, good one. Um, I mean, that's one. That's one. That's a state championship style game, just like it was last year. Uh, I mean, looking at both teams, it can it could kind of go either way. I mean, you know, LC has the X factor in in Jawan Johnson, where he can just you know he can do what he want out there. But you know, the the system and the way. STM uh, plays with you know with with their offense and with it, with their defense goes. I, I think it's just the team that kind of just holds the ball and, and eliminates the big plays. I think that's the team that comes comes away victorious. There you go, Coach. Appreciate it as always. We'll look forward to checking in on you Saturday morning. But best of luck in your week of prep uh, against Northside. Thank you, guys. All yeah. right. Well, good luck, Coach. Appreciate uh, Coach Ryan Antoine as always. Yeah, just, uh, you know, losing his starting quarterback yeah. in the fifth game of the year and uh, going down, uh, who knows, would have taken place. Fine athlete, too. He, I think he consensusly is one of the number one uh, he, he uh, certainly, high school football yeah. player in the state for next year. So hopefully he'll come back healthy and lead Westgate uh, on to uh, a better, much better season that they anticipated uh, earlier this year. Of course, Westgate, as I looked up a little bit this morning, come in as number 21 in the uh, power rankings in Division One, They're a class 4A school, but they get caught in the numbers uh, with the enrollment, and they'll play uh, in non-select uh, Division One this year. And at 21st, as he mentioned, Coach did, they won't have a home game uh, initially to start off uh, the year uh, in the playoffs. But uh, hopefully uh, they should uh, handle Northside. Uh, quite candid, uh, they are the better team, and uh, – Figuratively speaking, even though Northside has gotten a lot better over the last uh, this part of the year. So good luck to uh, the Tigers uh, in their next game this coming Friday night. Jeff, meanwhile, you caught a, caught a barn burner the other night. We didn't think it'd be a low-scoring game, but uh, Catholic High takes down Lorville by a score of 14 to nothing to uh, – uh, in a big game heard right here on Kane Radio, FM 107.5 and AM 12.40, as the Panthers earn a uh, 14 to nothing win and kind of uh, a tri-co championship as uh, as of right now, all three teams, uh, as Catholic High, Lorville, and Ascension Episcopal all have four and one district records. They play... Uh, uh, and one of the three has beaten the other. You that's know, right. So Catholic that's High beat right. Lorville. Lorville had beaten Ascension Episcopal. Ascension Episcopal had beaten Catholic High. So, yeah, three-way tie. But there's still uh, one more game. And um, certainly Ascension Episcopal seems to have the toughest uh, opponent of the three in Franklin. Yes. And uh, who knows? Franklin... Uh, can show up and uh, just uh, they have their heads on that night and can play pretty good football. Of course, Lorville Tigers journey to uh, Delcom to take on the Panthers and Coach Audie Lauza having a tough year for him uh, with that. So uh, we'll see uh, in regards. So uh, Lowerville uh, takes on Delcom. Meanwhile, in another big game, uh, uh, the uh, Ascension Episcopal, uh, as you uh, mentioned, takes on Franklin. Lowerville uh to Delcom Catholic High uh, should have a, a pretty uh, easy game uh, uh, as they take on uh, the West St. Mary uh, in their last game over at, uh, I want to say, at West St. Mary as uh, Catholic High journeys to Baldwin to take on the uh, Wolfpack and uh, should have some success, to be quite candid. Uh, uh, West St. Mary uh, kind of down this year. They've uh, got a couple of decent athletes, and they have started games well. They just They're one of those teams... That needs how to learn to finish a game. That, that they do. 
In the meantime, uh, some other interesting games in the Acadiana area uh, over uh, the, uh, I should say, from Friday night. Of course, we mentioned St. Thomas More at Westgate along with Catholic High and Lorville. But some other games of interest in the area. The Jackets uh, uh, were taking on Sulphur, the Tornadoes, and uh, the Jackets scoring, end up scoring 34 points Friday night, but it's not enough as Sulphur uh, pulls out a 45-34 win. Jackets offense have been scoring some points, just can't get the defense uh, uh, going to shut down some opponents. So, But in the meantime, some other scores in the area. Uh, Lafayette Christian shows why they're one of the better teams. They down north a million, 56 to Seven. Elsewhere in games in the area, Highland Baptist uh, get uh, beat by Centerville by the score of 36 to 20. Other local games, Generette hangs on to beat Covenant Christian 20 to 14. What a year for the Generette Tigers as they go into the final uh, weekend of high school football with a 7-2 record for the lower, uh, for the Generette Tigers. Elsewhere, some other games in the area, Ascension Episcopal Downs, uh, Delcom. I've seen two scores in that game, 49-7. to I also score, saw 49-14. to Other games. Wait, wait, in, which game was that again? Yeah, Ascension, De- Ascension and Delcom. 49-14. Yeah, is, I've seen that score, yeah. and I've seen 49-7, too. I'm not sure which one is the accurate. In talking to Coach uh, Liuza Saturday, I'm pretty sure the 14 is correct okay with that uh of course some other scores in the area uh with that uh south side hammers uh lafayette mighty lines 56 to 38 that's who the yellow jackets take on this uh friday i believe over in lafayette uh if my memory serves me correctly their journey to lafayette to take on the Lions. and that is thursday and i found out lafayette's been playing their games at lafayette christian Really? Yeah, because of the school uh, renovations. Yeah, the renovations at the school. Well, they're building a new school, and uh, so the construction process, uh, football stadium is pretty much untouched, but it's just all the other things going on in and around there. So they're, they've been playing their games at LCA. I didn't realize that, and uh, that's why it's a Thursday game. You know, I've done a few games at Lafayette High. That's one of the biggest high school press yeah, boxes I've ever been is. involved in. They've got enough room for everybody up there. Anyway, in the meantime, Vermillion Catholic, the number one ranked team in Class A, uh, uh, beat uh, Central Catholic, a big rival probably for the district championship. They downed uh, Central Catholic 48-17 to in a big ball game. Elsewhere, Barb downs uh, Como 24-6. to uh, Karen Crow and Acadiana had a whirlwind ball game as uh, the Wrecking Rams downed uh, Karen Crow uh, by a score of 27-26. to Pretty sure that'd probably be for a district championship for the Wrecking Rams. No, I think Acadiana, well, again, I don't know about their district record, but uh, they've got one more loss than Karen Crow, but district-wise, you're probably right. Yeah. Anyway, in the meantime, uh, some other games in the area, some local teams looking uh, around. Uh, Abbeville uh, took down St. Martinville 36-28 to last Friday night. And the other games uh, that former Catholic High coaches, just to tell you, uh, Lakeshore uh, downs Hannon 56-28, to so a big win for Coach uh, Indes, uh, Brent Indes. And then uh, the bigger game, I thought, Holy Cross beat Jesuit for the first time in four years by a score of 30 to nothing. So hats off to Coach uh, Scott Watney as uh, I believe Holy Cross now is 7-2 on the year uh, with that playing their final game. I think they go to East St. John. Not sure where uh, Coach Indes' uh, Titans go, but uh, uh, again, having a pretty successful year 
for uh, uh, Lakeshore. In the meantime, uh, just about time to get uh, Bob Rose on. Uh, we're running a little late here, but uh, we'll have him on. We're going to take our break. You're listening to Bayou Sports here on FM 107.5 AM 1240. We'll be right back. Hey, guys, if you're looking for the top golf experience in Iberia Parish, you need to look no further than Cane Row Golf and Turf Club. Low or high handicappers will enjoy the beautiful greens, the recently refurbished sand traps, and incredibly plush fairways. And by the way, you don't have to be a golfer to enjoy Cane Row. The brand-new clubhouse sports some of the best burgers, pizza, wings, and many other choices, along with absolutely the best, most potent margaritas that you've ever tried. So whether it's golf, food, or just some fun, come to Cane Row and enjoy. Nowadays, none of us can be without adequate insurance coverage, but we still want to be sure we're getting the best value for the money. That's why so many people call the Schwing Insurance Agency to get a quote. The Schwing family has been handling the insurance needs of businesses and homeowners for almost 80 years. You can depend on Schwing Insurance to find the coverage you need at the best price. So before you buy a new policy or renew an existing one, call the Schwing Insurance Agency for a quote at 365-2357. Schwing Insurance, 300 East Main, across from the shadows. Is it time? Time for a new roof or to repair the old one. Hi, this is Jake Blanchard with L.A. Classic Roofing. We're a third-generation roofing contractor that has been in the business for over 70 years. As a locally owned and operated company, we're also licensed and insured for your peace of mind. We offer free estimates and a $100 referral fee for full roof replacement. Check us out on Facebook at L.A. Classic Roofing. And the number to call is 465-3888. L.A. Classic Roofing, professional roofing solutions since the 1950s. Hi, this is Boxcar Bajlow, inviting you to join me and PGA Golf professional Teddy Swyman for Chip Shots. Mondays from 5 to 6 p.m., we'll take an in-depth look at the local, state, and national golf scenes. And we invite you to chip in with your calls at 367-1240. Chip Shots is sponsored by GolfBalls.com and our local golf clubs, Eagle Ridge, Kane Road, and Sugar Oak. So let's make it tea time for 5 p.m. on Mondays for Chip Shots on Kane. Dream us live on Kane1240.com and catch the podcast the next day. Now back to Bayou Sports on the all-new Kane 107.5. Welcome back to Bayou Sports here on the big Monday morning, October the 30th. And on the line with us uh, each Monday is Bob Rose. Good morning, Bob. And as always, welcome to the show. Good morning, guys. Thanks for having me. Happy Halloween to you guys, your families, and everybody out there. Yeah, it's. Uh, I think they had some trick-or-treaters uh, in my neighborhood uh, Saturday night. Anyway, uh, Bob, uh, man, what more can you say? Uh, Saints show they can't score inside the 20 <laughs> <laughs> yesterday. And uh, your thoughts about the game yesterday and uh, what comes to mind first to you? Yeah, I'll tell you, it's a novel concept. When you get close to the other team's end zone, you actually cross the goal line and you get uh, you get six points for it. Uh, you know, I'm glad uh, I, I'm glad the Saints finally realized that. And you know, uh, listen, you can't argue with the offensive output. Granted, they were going against a bad defensive team, but we've seen them go against bad defensive teams, uh, you know, earlier this year and last year, and uh, you know, not not perform as well. Uh, you know, and, and like you said, what more can you say? Derek Carr had undoubtedly his best game as a Saint. Uh, did you guys realize that he's the first? Co- you know, he's the first quarterback to throw for 300 yards in three consecutive games since Drew Brees did it. That part's not a surprise, but even Brees didn't do it until uh, or hasn't done it since way back in early 2015. So, you know, congratulations to Derek Carr on that. The, you know, the 511 total yards were the most for this team in 46 games since that Christmas Day route of the Vikings. And, I mean, you know, everybody stepped up. Uh, you know, I know, you know, people giving credit to Carr 
Taysom Hill, Rashid Shaheed had an outstanding game. Alvin Kamara had himself another good game. I don't think enough credit is being given to the offensive line this morning. Uh, you know, Carr was only sacked one time. Now, granted, that was horrendous protection, uh, you know, by McCoy and uh, Max Garcia on that play. But for the rest of the day, Derek Carr was kept pretty clear of pressure. Taysom Hill, Alvin Kamara, Jamal Williams had a couple nice runs. You know, the, the, the offensive line was paving the way through the Colts' defense for that. I just thought offensively it was a very, very uh, well-called game and very, very well executed by all the players on the field. You know, Bob, the Saints still had eight penalties for 73 yards mm-hmm. in that game, and uh, that, that, that's been a sticking point with uh, some of the people that follow this team. And uh, you can't keep uh, uh, committing the penalties. And the, I heard even in that broadcast yesterday, the announcers mentioned that the Saints are the most penalized team in the league, and that's something that's uh, got to change uh, down the stretch if they want to beat some of their uh, division rivals and all uh, later on during the course of the uh, year, the season, I should say. Uh, yeah, I agree with that. This is this is a continuing concern with this team. Uh, and yeah, it, it is something that they're going to have to try to get fixed. Now, you know, some of those penalties, a pass interference call against Marshawn Lattimore, for example, uh, you know, that, that was, uh, you know, that, that was ridiculous. Actually, no, I take that back. Lattimore did interfere on that play, but there was another, uh, you know, illegal contact play called on the Saints secondary. I forget which player, uh, you know, that I, that I thought was ridiculous and should have gone on called. Uh, but, you know, to, to your point, uh, I think the offensive line, who I just gave credit to, uh, you know, I think they made three pre-snap penalties. Uh, you know, guys, that, that's two or three too many. Uh, you know, the, these are veteran players. Even when you're on the road, you can't you can't put your team in a hole like that. Uh, you know, especially on offense, where uh, for a unit that has struggled all year. Now they played their way out of some of those holes yesterday. Uh, you know, very very well. But that's it, it, like you said, that's not a recipe for winning football. Putting yourself behind the sticks uh, or defensively giving uh, you know giving your opponent cheap first downs or anything like that. You got to clean that up if you're a good football team. Yes. You know, one penalty I didn't get uh, was one of the first ones there on the field goal attempt. Uh, the initial uh, scoring drive of the Colts, and then they uh, had this penalty uh, being over the center, which I thought was a bad call. I think even the announcers suggested, what, was he an inch too close or something, you know? Yeah, and you know, the, the league changed that rule uh, you know, several years back. Uh, you know, about not being allowed to cover, you know, if you're the kick, kick block team, not being allowed to quote unquote cover the center, uh, you know, and you have to give a certain, you know, a certain amount of, uh, grace space, uh, for lack of a better term. Uh, yeah, but I agree with you. When I, you know, when I saw the replay, I just, I didn't see much different from the other kick attempts on both sides going forward for the rest of the game. So yeah, I, that, that was a head scratcher. And again, it looked like the Saints' defense was a little soft and that they'd have to score, and amazingly, they put it together. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah and and you know, the, you know, defensively for the Saints, there are concerns that I have going forward. Uh, you know, the, the lack of a pass rush uh, it was infuriating to me at times. Now, Carl Granderson... Cam Jordan, Brian Brissy, they turned it on, you know, towards the last 
quarter and a half uh, you know, of the ball game. Uh, I thought Paulson and Debo played outstanding. Marshawn Lattimore seems to be off. Uh, you know, this team really missed Marcus May in the secondary too. Uh, you know, Jordan Howden. I, I I have confidence he's going to be a very good player. But you know, that that young man had a rough day yesterday. Uh, you know, and you know, early on the Saints defense was just unable to tackle. But like you said, they they. Uh, you know, they, they buckled up those chin straps, and over the last quarter and a half, with the exception of that broken you know, touchdown pass on a broken play from Minshew uh, you know, to Ogletree, uh, you know, I, I thought the Saints played uh, well enough to win down the stretch. I still expect better things from this unit. Did you hear any comment from Alave on that one? And I don't remember if the Saints eventually scored on that drive, but Alave uh, missing that one uh, that should have hit him in the hands. Uh, no, no, they didn't score on that drive. You're right. They had to, they had to punt it away. Uh, you know, and that was, that was the easiest touchdown that you'll get in the NFL. And, uh, you know, for a young man that's already having critics, you know, uh, you know, lining up at his doorstep, uh, you know, he, he's got to make those plays. Again, you know, you're not going to get anything easier, especially at this level. Uh, I didn't hear what Alave said about the play, but I'm sure, you know, it, 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 when I looked at the replay, it looked like he lost it in the lights, which, I mean, he's human. Things like that happen. It's just awful timing for a young man that has not played well the last three or four weeks, has had his effort questioned, uh, you know, et cetera, et cetera. You know, no sense rehashing it. You guys know, you know, everything that's happened with Chris. Uh, and like I said, I didn't hear what Chris said after. After the game, but I'm sure you know, Alave said something to the uh, to the effect of you know, he knows he's got to make those plays. Uh, you know, I, I'm not going to attribute that particular play to you know, to dogging it or being lazy uh, or muffing it on purpose or anything ridiculous like that. Again, you know, yeah, he's professional and has to make those plays, but he's human and mistakes happen. There you go. It is uh, smack talk week, though, for me, because the Bears uh, come to town to take on the Saints. Uh, I'm a big Bear fan. It was brutal to watch last night's game. But uh, your thoughts on the Bears and what uh, the Saints need to do to take care of business? Oh, man, I feel bad for you. Chicago's uh, you know, going through another rough year. Uh, uh, yeah, it's looking like they'll probably be without Justin Fields again. Uh, you know, which if you're a Saints fan, you have to be thrilled about because Justin, what the things that Justin Fields does well is everything that New Orleans has had a hard time defending against. Uh, you know, so you know, if Justin has to sit out this game, and again, it looks like he will. Uh, you know, New Orleans might get a break, but it's not like they're going to take the day off. One thing that I will credit you know the Chicago Bears for, yeah, they 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 lack the talent right now, but they're playing hard, uh, you know, and they're playing hard for those coaches. So you know, and and I real I understand that they've been blown out of a couple of games this year, but you know, even late in those games, and I, I flipped it on the Chargers game last night to see you know see what the score was, and I, I I'll be honest, I only tuned in for about five minutes. Uh, you know, but again, I'm seeing a team that's not giving up. Uh, you know, players, young players that are playing for their jobs. Uh, you know, uh, uh, if not for this year, then for the following season. And uh, on paper, it looks like it's going to be an easy victory for New Orleans. But it wouldn't surprise me if Chicago came out. I mean, you know, you look historically at Bears versus Saints matchups, and they're always low-scoring, very physical affairs. And, you know, Chicago, again, is, is lacking in talent as they are. They will try to rough you up and be physical, uh, you know, especially on the defensive side. All right. Any other thoughts uh, before we let you go, Bob? 
Uh, I'm hoping this team gets uh, you know, gets that virus run through them. Uh, you Michael know, Thomas I, I, apparently uh, really oh suffered throughout the week. Yeah, yeah, I think he said something along the lines of, uh, you know, he had to take, you know, nine different IV bags over the course of, you know, like a day and a half or two days. Uh, you know, and he wasn't the only one. There were several other players suffering through this. Uh, you know, so I, again, you got to give. You know, we we've questioned the Saints' character and resiliency a lot this year, uh, but to come out, you know, when you know nearly half, you know, felt like nearly half of your roster was you know questionable or a game time decision, uh, you know, because of illnesses that cropped up Thursday, Friday, Saturday night. Uh, you know, it's it's not easy. Uh, we've all had the flu. It's not easy to do anything, let alone go out and play football at a high level. Uh, you know, like these guys did. So I give them all the credit in the world for that and it's that kind of thing that might be able to turn your season around as we know the saints are far from out of it matter of fact at four and four they're sitting tied with first play uh, for with the atlanta falcons for first place uh yeah, but in a lot of weeks, you were, you know, people were questioning New Orleans' effort, questioning you know, their, uh, you know, their, their toughness, uh, both physical and, you know, and mental. And, you know, they, they just, they, they really, they really buckled down yet, uh, uh, yesterday afternoon and showed us what this team is capable of. And I think that, th- that it's this type of win that could be a season changer for them. There you go. Bob, always a pleasure. Remind us how to hear and uh, see your work. Guys, again, thank you for having me. And, uh, folks, if you're going out trick-or-treating tonight or tomorrow, uh, yeah, be careful but have fun. Uh, in the meantime, you can follow me on Facebook, Bob Rose, R-O-S-E. I'm on Twitter, at Bobby R. 2613. Follow all of my work along with several other talented writers at the Saints News Network at Saints News on Twitter or the SI.com team page for the New Orleans Saints. And check out Brendan Boylan and I on Wednesday evenings. Uh, it's called the Bayou Blitz Podcast. You can catch it through our Facebook page, our, uh, our social media pages, or through YouTube. And we go live at 8 p.m. Central Time. Real good. Bob, always a pleasure. Yeah, welcome, Thank Bob. You guys. Again. Thank you, Bob. Appreciate Have a great week. I'll talk to you soon. Thank you. you uh, Appreciate you Bob Rose uh, each uh, Monday morning at about 7.45. Yes, and time to take our next break. You're listening to Bayou Sports here on a big Monday, October the 30th. We'll be back with a little uh, talk about Coach uh, Mark Hesbeth uh, along with today in sports history right after this. Athletic field provides challenges that test the competitor. It is in that challenge that you realize you can accomplish things you have never thought you could accomplish. I am Jacob Landry, and I'm running for state representative in District 49. I've created hundreds of jobs, good-paying jobs, that families can build prosperous lives based on those jobs. This is my challenge, and I need your help. Your vote and your support will ignite a bright new future for all of us. Paid for by the Jacob Landry for Louisiana campaign. Hey, guys, if you're looking for the top golf experience in Iberia Parish, you need to look no further than Cane Row Golf and Turf Club. Low or high handicappers will enjoy the beautiful greens, the recently refurbished sand traps, and incredibly plush fairways. And by the way, you don't have to be a golfer to enjoy Cane Row. The brand new clubhouse sports some of the best burgers, pizza, wings, and many other choices along with absolutely the best, most potent margaritas that you've ever tried. So whether it's golf, food, or just some fun, come to Cane Row and enjoy. 
Celebrating 75 years in business, Danos has been setting the standard for generations. Become a part of something bigger and join the team. We're currently hiring for drivers, warehousemen, riggers, crane operators, and forklift operators to work out of Port Fouchon. So apply now at danos.com or call 1-833-GO-DANOS. Great jobs, great people. That's Danos. Attention high school sports fans, are you an armchair official? You know, the parent or fan who constantly yells at the referees and loves to let everyone know just how bad you think they are. Well, if you think you could do better, then get in the game and prove it. It's time for you to suit up and make the calls where they actually count. Every sport in Louisiana needs more officials. Sign up today at highschoolofficials.com. Now back to Bayou Sports. Phone lines are open to talk sports at 367-1240. Welcome back to Bayou Sports here on a big Monday, October the 30th. And last week we just uh, hashed over it a little bit, but uh, former Louisiana uh, coach, uh, UL coach uh, Mark Husbands is under investigation. And when he was the head coach at uh, with the Raging Cajuns football team, of course his rally cry was don't let go of the rope and investigators in Alabama are now looking into the possibility that Hutzpah might just be giving himself enough rope figuratively to hang his coaching career out to dry. And since being dismissed uh, with the top job, he was the head coach with the Cajuns, did a pretty good job uh, for them in the few years he was there. And, of course, after UL, he went to Memphis State, or Mississippi State, excuse me, where he was an assistant coach, and Austin Pay, uh, where he was hired as the head coach. And Hutzpah left Mississippi State for Austin Peay, uh, in 2018, he then resigned as head coach of the Governors in 2019, and Hutzpitz was in the midst of a 20-day uh, suspension for unacceptable conduct and violations to his employment agreement when he tendered his resignation. And in uh, 2021, Hutzpitz took over the head coaching job at Gulf Shores High School in Gulf Shores, Alabama. The school is currently ranked number one in its classification in the state. However, the Gulf Shores program could soon be under investigation by the Alabama High School Athletic Association in the very near future. Uh, one television station in Mobile is reporting that Gulf Shores-based fitness company called Gulf Shores Athletics was actually paying rent for multiple families whose children play on the Gulf Shore Dolphins football team. And many of these families have been identified as student-athlete transfers to the Gulf Shores area. Meanwhile, the alleged uh, agreement and alleged uh, improprieties were also uh, spotlighted by that station's report that suggested that the entire arrangement came to light when Gulf Coast Athletics uh, quit making monthly payments to the apartments where the students and their families were alleged housed. The apartment complex filed suit against Gulf Coast Athletics for more than $20,000. And the exclusive report from the television station correspondent has details of specifics concerning the apartments, who was responsible for paying for them, and who was occupying the apartments. And if these court documents and allegations that accompany them on the reasons for the Alabama High School Athletic Association is taking a deeper, deeper dive into the situation. If Gulf Shores is found to have used ineligible players, it could forfeit some or all of the eight wins on the current season. Investigators hope to be able to make a ruling in regard to the allegations before the high school football 
uh, playoffs begin in Alabama, and those games are scheduled to begin November 10th. The top-ranked team for Gulf Shores under Coach Hutzpah uh, still has, I believe, uh, at least one more game. Uh, this article came out last week. One more game on the remainder of their schedule. So uh, we'll uh, see. I'm sure they'll hit the news. Uh, we might see something on it being reported, Jeff. But in the meantime, uh, Coach Hutzpah, uh who had a pretty good uh, record going at uh, UL, got him in the bowl games, what, three or four or five years in a row. Uh, the Cajuns hadn't appeared in many bowl games over the years, uh, but uh, did a good job there and uh, ran into some difficulties and uh, no longer there, but has since bounced around since leaving UL. Yeah, and trouble follows him everywhere. Uh, you know, uh, he, he had a, some good success with the Governors uh, in 2019, took him to the postseason, for the first time in a long time, and then uh, the summer of 2020, uh, COVID issues, uh, but again, some inappropriate behavior. I was looking back on a story from 2020 on it uh, where he resigned before he could serve a suspension. Uh, that 20-game suspension uh, said he had to take some time with his family, and but uh, yeah, trouble has followed him everywhere he's gone. A lot of inappropriate behavior, allegedly, and with the uh, Cajuns, um, you know, there's a lot of talk about uh, steroids and things like that that could have cost him uh, his job there or uh, had uh, aided in the Cajuns' uh, success. So, yeah, it, it, again, uh, this is a guy whose character is lacking. Yeah, they've uh, anyway, uh, of course, uh, right now, as we mentioned earlier in the broadcast, big wing for the Cajuns this weekend as they down South Alabama, the preseason favorite to win that uh, conference. In the meantime, today in sports history here on October the 30th, back in 1919, baseball's league presidents called for the abolishment of the spitball. They did abolish it, but pitchers who used the spitball were able to continue to throw the pitch. The until, grandfather clause that's of right, all time. Until they retired from the league. So the guys that threw the spitball predominantly were able to still throw it. Anyway, also in this date, 1945, Branch Rickey signs Jackie Robinson to the Montreal Expos contract. Elsewhere on this day in 1954. I think they were the Royals. That, yeah, Montreal I, you're, Royals. You're right. What did I say? Expos? Yeah. Yeah, they were the Royals. I stand corrected. Elsewhere on this date, uh, back in 1954, the use of the 24-second clock in pro basketball, Rochester versus the Boston Celtics, it was used for the first time. Of course, that's historic now. They've always had the 24-second clock in the uh, NBA since that date. Also in this date, 1956, the Dodgers sell Ebbets Field to a real estate group. They agree to stay until 59 with an option to stay until 61. Of course, we all know the Dodgers left to go to the West Coast and, and played their first games out there in 58. Also in this date, 1963, Sandy Koufax wins the National League Most Valuable Player Award, uh, I believe for the first time. And, uh, of course, the Dodgers go on to shut out the Yankees uh, four games to none in the World Series that year. Also in 67, Arthur Allen says the Chicago White Sox will play nine games in Milwaukee in 1968. And that's testing the waters there uh, in 68. That, that and, you know, they were having trouble competing with the Cubs, too. Yes. Uh, Cubs were uh, some pretty good teams there. But, yeah, that's uh, one of those little trivia questions before the Brewers, who was the last team to play a home game in Milwaukee, <laughs> and it's the White Sox. That's correct. Elsewhere on this date, 1973, Tom Seaver becomes the first 9-20 game winner to win the Cy Young Award. 
course, the Mets went on to play in the World Series that year where the A's beat them in the last year of Willie Mays' career. Also on this uh, date, 1974, the Rumble in the Jungle is Muhammad Ali. KOs George Foreman in the eighth round in Zaire and uh, regains the heavyweight uh, world uh, boxing championship title with the famous rope-a-dope tactics on this date way back in 74. Uh, also in this date, 1974, California Angel Norton Ryan throws the fastest recorded pitch ever in Major League Baseball at 100.9 miles per hour. Man, that, that number would look uh, way back. It seems like almost everybody's closer throws 100 today in Major League Baseball. Elsewhere in this date, 1988, the New York Jets finally beat the Pittsburgh Steelers for the first time uh, in that game. Of course, yesterday, the Denver Broncos beat the Kansas City Chiefs for the first time in eight years. Elsewhere on this day, 2013, the Boston Red Sox beat the Cardinals 6-1 in Game 6 at Fenway Park to win the title MVP Austin Slugger David Ortiz. Elsewhere in this date in 2016, the Raiders break the single-game record for the most penalties in an NFL game. They had 23 penalties in that game that day, the Raiders did. Uh, I wonder if the coach was Dennis Allen. No, I think he was going by that time. Anyway, uh, they, they, they win the game, too, as they beat Tampa Bay, the Bucks, in that game with 23 penalties. Also in this date in 2019 in the World Series, the Washington Nationals beat the Houston Astros 62 in Game 7 at Minute Maid Park. Nationals win their first title in franchise history. MVP, Washington's pitcher, Steven Strasburg. And, of course, everybody uh, realizes that the Nationals played in Montreal uh, was their inception until they moved to Washington, what, in 03, oh, I, I know I was in there. New Iberia by then. Uh, they had Montreal had teased uh, games in San Juan. Well, they did play some games in San Juan, and there was uh, some talk about splitting their season, but it uh, didn't really work in San Juan, didn't work in Montreal. So, yeah, eventually uh, to... Nationals Park. You know, I saw Montreal play in Jerry's Park uh, back in 76, and that yeah. was a little bitty ballpark. Might have all 30,000 fans. The, the original pool in the outfield. That's right. That is correct. Anyway, birthdays today. Uh, born on this day way back in 1898, Bill Terry, uh, Hall of Famer, first baseman, all-star for many years. Oh, born in Atlanta, Georgia, also was the last National Leaguer to hit 400 in Major League Baseball. Also born in this day, former LSU All-American athlete Joe Adcock, born in this day. Of course, uh, played up there in Milwaukee with the Braves, was a two-time Major League All-Star. Also a big horse racing uh, uh, person. Born in Cachata, Louisiana. Also have a ball he gave me from the 57 World Champion Milwaukee Braves with Lawrence Bond, Hank Aaron, and all that crowd on that ball. Anyway, also in this date, uh, born on this date, 1960, Diego Maradiana. That's the soccer store. Anyway, one time they thought was maybe uh, one of the greatest soccer players in the world. Of course, he was the FIFA player in the 20th century, born in Buenos Aires, Argentina. Also born in this day, uh, Heisman Trophy winner, uh, Ty Detmer of BYU, quarterback, Heisman winner at BYU. Also played with the Packers, Eagles, and Lions. Born in San Marcos, Texas. Also passing away on this date, back in 2005, one of the best managers in Major League Baseball. He just happened to compete against the Yankees all the time. Al Lopez, the Hall of Famer as a catcher and manager with uh, the 
Brooklyn Dodgers, along with the Boston Bees, which is the Braves and Pirates. He was the AL manager year in 59 when the Go-Go White Sox went to the World Series and also with the Cleveland Indians, uh, where he won 111 games that year. Of course, the Giants beat them in the World Series, but just a, a great manager, and we'll talk about him in a moment. Meanwhile, also uh, passing away on this date, Hall of Famer, uh, cornerback, uh, dying in 2020, Herb Adderley, the Pro Football Hall of Fame cornerback with the with the Packers and also played the last couple of years with the uh, Cowboys, dies from COVID at the age of 81. Also on the quote of the day, going back to Al Lopez, Al Lopez, uh, they erected a statue to him when he was still alive. And he says, I'm delighted. I don't know of anybody who has a statue built of them while they're still living. It's a great feeling. And Al Lopez, just uh, the field was named after him in Tampa for many years uh, for spring training. and I, all. I think and, in St. Petersburg. Yes. And uh, he uh, just was a great manager, just had to compete against those Yankee teams in the uh, 40s. 50s and 60s and uh, the Yankees were so dominant up until 64 uh, I think they won what uh, maybe 12 pennants in those 14 15 years uh, when Casey Stingle and Ralph Hawk were calling the shots anyway Jeff that's today in sports history here on a big Monday October the 30th absolutely big thanks to our guests today uh, Ryan Antoine head coach at Westgate as well as Bob Rose uh, again uh, among other things SI Beat writer for the Saints, again, appreciate his appearances on Monday mornings. And, of course, we thank our sponsors, including Jacob Landry, now state representative-elect out of District 49, L.A. Classic Roofing, the Headache and Pain Center, Cane Row Golf and Turf Club, and the Schwing Insurance Agency. Again, appreciate their support of Bayou Sports.